and welcome everyone to Dark Feather Gaming. This is our gaming news podcast, episode 35. And as always, this is Thor here tonight with Doc. And Yar, I'm a pirate Sasquatch senpai. Alright. So it's because <laughs> I'm blind in one eye. Oh, pretty right, much. right, right. Uh, eye ulcer. Well, the ulcers are pretty much gone. Now it's just swollen and no contact, so I can't see. That sucks. So sounds awful. F in the chat. Um the awful part's gone and over with. I have steroids for my eyes. Um a five milliliter bottle costs seventy dollars. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> damn. Uh, steroids are expensive, I guess. Yeah. I I better have the most jacked eye in the world at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Lift away my eyelid better be able to bench as much as me. <laughs> so let's break into some PlayStation news. A free PS Plus game for April has already been announced early, um, and this is for kind of a special reason. As it turns out, uh, the new Odd World, Odd World Soulstorm on PS5 is going to be available for PS Plus users at oh. launch on April 6th. So um, that's why it's been kind of announced early because they have let people know that it's going to be available as a PS Plus game on launch. So, and as far as I recall, and I've had PS Plus for going on a decade now, and as far as I can remember, um, this is the first time they've ever released anything, even the same year, or put a PS Plus game up the same year that something released, even the same like couple of years back, much less right at release. I think. Really, prior to um, this, the the next uh, newest was the Final Fantasy remake that's that's on there right now that appeared a year afterwards. But I definitely don't remember anything releasing on PS Plus. No, nothing AAA anyway. Yeah, not AAA, but they've had a few um, indie or AA mm. ones release at, at uh, release on PS Plus to PS Plus subscribers at least um, yeah. when they launched. So. Um, yeah, I mean what? Indie games, the Oddworld but... devs are placed are Sony owned now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's it's a pretty big franchise. Like I said, I've seen indie games and stuff given, but nothing as big as like Oddworld. Um, I, think, I think Oddworld would be considered indie anymore. I mean that's all that developer really? does, and it's been a long time since the originals, which did just get remakes. So that's true, I suppose. Um, hmm. It's it's nothing to scoff at. It is a very beloved franchise yeah i guess it is um, kind of cult cult classic isn't yeah. it now that i think about it i'm like i guess i guess it was kind of a cult classic like a big cult classic but yeah yeah well i i don't know i mean i guess maybe not i i still don't know if i'd say indie maybe i i guess i could take like trip or double a or something yeah double a yeah. game or something yeah i don't i don't know if i would put it under indie but there's definitely levels there um yeah but yeah that's uh, exciting though. Way, I, like i i it's a I, good game right for free um I wish I had a PS5. Like that's that's one of the ones I'm actually really excited about for PS5 is Soulstorm. Um, but yeah, so if you have a PS5 somehow, um, <laughs> yeah, pick that up. Um, so speaking of the PS5, Sony has also filed a patent <clears throat> for a playable banana. So there's. Um, I don't know. I think Doc mentioned. Did you? Did you? Did you know anything about this? I. The, the, as far as I know, the headlines. The, the I saw that on a post, and I was like, "What the fuck?" 
Well, um, a few years ago, someone went through Dark Souls 3 after wiring <laughs> up a bunch of bananas uh, to use as his controller. Oh, Lord. I watched that. I watched that. It was amazing. It was absolutely wow. amazing. Like, this dude ruined that game with bananas. Nice. Um, but that's really all I knew about it. <laughs> um, let's see real quick here. I mean, they, they so, definitely did it. Like, they had a picture of the patent. Anything. I, I'm assuming it's some sort of a joke. Um... Or some way that they're going to be like, if he does it again, we're going to get a cut of this pie. It's, I mean, it's got to be one of those two things, right? Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I really can't find anything on it. Uh, it's the is the Did patent you see itself the is actually I for. Posted? I think that that was. I don't know if I don't know. I don't fucking know anything. Yeah, about that's it. the I, official they, patent. One. Yeah, they they literally. Um, this is what they did. So I don't know what the purpose was here, or the intention. Uh, so this. the patent is actually for a method that turns a non-luminous passive object into uh, being held by a user into a controller, um, recognizing virtual buttons on it with a banana used as the illustrated example. Shut the Sony's fuck up. idea would conceivably work with anything in the user's hand, what? whether a coffee mug, a book, or a package of cold cuts. Or a tube of preparation H. So this is um, a real thing. This, this is a real thing. The banana, the banana is just the illustration. Okay. The actual patent seems to be for like, uh, like using your PS, your your PlayStation I or whatever, some other ca camera that would recognize whatever object you're holding in your hand, and then digitally map, then I guess virtually map out a controller on it, let you know where everything is, that you can just play the game using the controls on said object. So I wonder um, if this has... Here's a quote. Here's a quote. It would be desirable if a user could use an inexpensive, simple, and non-electronic device as a video game peripheral. Um, this is this is uh, straight up from the patent application. Um, in the examples Sony provides, players could grasp one or two bananas, oranges, or other inanimate objects and move them about effectively using them as one or two analog sticks. In another illustration, virtual buttons are mapped onto a banana, which suggests a virtual reality headset might be included too. That's what that's so, what I, was, I was like. Oh, they, it's they not just a joke. New, it's actually really VR. fucking cool tech. Yeah, because I remember they announced their new their VR their point two VR or whatever. So I was like, I wonder if this has to do with the with their next gen VR headset. Absolutely. Basically. Okay, so they're, they're making it where you put on the headset and then you can just grab any old thing and make it your remote. Um, but that yeah. uh, that opens up to a lot of things because say you, you you're playing Skyrim VR or something, right? You grab a foam sword and now this foam sword is your remote. That's fucking tits. Yeah, because you really need to be able, you really need ways to destroy more <laughs> of your house in VR than actually having a sword, right? <laughs> the, the nunchucks everyone already uses aren't enough. <laughs> Does anyone remember the Wii remotes through the TVs? The breaking. I remember uh, hearing about the wrist strap. I still use the wrist straps on my switch. No, no, the, so. there was a thing with like the, they had the wrist straps where they were breaking or the something was failing on them and people were sending them across the room. I think people's intelligence and not actually tightening them up was what was failing. Okay. Because they I, just I, loop I them around something. the wrist. And so with certain actions, if you're like tossing it and you let go, it's going to slide right off your wrist, especially so, with like an underhand or so, an overhand. So it's going like, to fly right off. But why would you let go? Look, man, people are retarded. Hey. How many times do I have to tell you this in multiple <laughs> venues? <laughs> so it's kind of like if someone were to fucking, if someone were to put a bike helmet on and like 
buckle the chem strap, but leave it loose. Yes. Like, congratulations, like, you buckled it, but it's doing nothing for you. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> Got it. So, yes, uh, this patent is silly at first, but when you actually look into it, it's kind of fucking cool. Right. Well, that's pretty cool. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad I kind of posted that as a joke. I'm glad I, I'm glad we looked into that. Well, jokes on you. That banana's a real controller. <laughs> so, um, kind of in that same vein going on Square Enix that we were talking about just a little while ago, um, they have apparently got some new IPs getting, quote, multiple remakes. There's still kind of a lot of hushed tones about this. Um, but the the brass tacks of it is that Forever Entertainment, um, who was recently responsible for the Panzer Dragoon remake, is working on, quote, multiple remakes based uh, – working with Square Enix to create multiple remakes based on one of the Japanese publisher's properties. So um, they haven't said what, but they have said that there's going to be multiple of them based on one property. So it's going to be a series remake or reboot. Maybe maybe we'll get like a Drake and Guard reboot since Nier's all the rage right now. Well, there's there's been a lot of uh, I mean, a lot of people, especially since the Final Fantasy games have been, been getting so much attention, have been really cheering for Chrono Trigger remakes, um, which they could put into a series. And then there's always a lot of screaming in the Xenogears community. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe they hey, hey, maybe Xenosaga finally getting a remake. It's that's not I'm, that's, to be that's quite honest joke. out of all of their like old series and stuff. It was always a surprise to me that before the Chrono series or like the Xeno series, that Saiken Densetsu was the series chosen for all of the remakes. Um, so maybe Square's finally realized, hey, people like our old games. Why not, you know, yeah. use minimal, not saying it's minimal effort being put into it, but really it's minimal resources when you're remaking a game in that sort of fashion and sort of art styles well, that they are with like the Saiken and Setsu remakes. Okay. And it's just going to print money for you. Yeah. And, and no, it is. You'd be amazed at how much, how much work that cuts out. Cause I've done game design and you'd be amazed at how much work and resource goes into just planning the story and the level design yeah, it's already from point done. A to point B. There's so much work already done in a remake. We'll have some tweaks here or there. Maybe, oh but, yeah. You, you, you um, have to do stuff, but uh, I'm just saying there's so much that's, that's already done for you. And it's not even, people don't even view it as cheap. They, they cry for it. They want it. So it's a win, win, win. Unless you totally I mean, shit the bed, you know, you're going mean, to you're going to get you're going to get people who are super nostalgic about the series like I am with Saiken Densetsu and all of mm -hmm. the, the Mana series remakes coming out and got another one on the way um, already again. Um, and then you get people who are going to see that game and be interested in it and it's going to be a brand new game to them. Mm -hmm. you're going to draw in a lot of people with this stuff. And then at some point you're going to get through it all and be like, hey, we can continue making games in this series now. Exactly. Like completely modernized and updated. And you'll have that entire fan base there ready to purchase and consume the product you're putting out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I'm excited. I'm going to keep my ear. I'm going to keep my ear down uh, on the tracks and and make sure we report quickly on what's going on, because I'm excited to hear what they're going to do. But we'll just have to wait, I think, because, yeah, who knows? I would love it. Hey, if they just think like a. Uh, you can be using a banana in the future to play Chrono Trigger with the yeah. remake. So I mean, hey, I could. That's that's. What's more Chrono Trigger than using a banana to play it? Right. And then, um, 
then one last thing I'm just going to kind of shove in there. Um, I did have – and I, I was going to do a whole section for this, but there wasn't enough really information. Um, but on that same kind of Square Enix remakes, there is a little bit more information on the Final Fantasy VII Yuffie DLC. Not too much, but they have confirmed that it's going to be two chapters long, um, which that doesn't bother me. Um, I mean, uh, there's people that are going to complain all day long as if when they add more content. But at the end of the day, for me, um, I, I'm a whore for Final Fantasy VII. So more content is just more content. Give it to me, especially Man. because the way they're putting Yuffie in is is very neat and canological and it works very well. And I think they did a good job, uh, at least based on what I saw in her trailer introduction. Hey, let's hold off on the good job stuff yet. <laughs> no, I'm saying the way that I'm saying the way that they've. Uh, are displaying that they've integrated her character they're not saying oh they meet yuffie sooner she's staying in the background and saying well okay let's let's do our own thing and the entire dlc is about her they're not bringing her into the party which is a good decision yeah yeah so um, the last thing on our Final Fantasy news, the Final Fantasy creator is back with a handcrafted RPG. So specifically um, it's an RPG that's made out of handcrafted dioramas. Um, so this looks really, really awesome. Uh, it's called uh, Fantasian. Um, it's uh, let's see. So yeah, it's it, so kind of like how a lot of the original Final Fantasies had the kind of hand painted backgrounds. These are all made with actual di dioramas, and it's something kind of better seen here. I'll, so you guys can take a look at this. I'll put a I'll put the link back in here again. If you scroll down about halfway, you can see him working on some of the dioramas, and it's just really fucking cool. Like, um, I, I appreciate little details like this. Um, and the screenshots show, you know, it's it's normal 3D sprites, but the environment you can tell has had this like hand crafting behind it, and it's really fucking cool. I definitely want to take a look into that. Yeah, that no, sounds really is, interesting. I, I I'm definitely interested in this. And there's a um, I mean they have a whole they have a whole trailer to that website. Um, there's there's a whole trailer that you can play on it and everything. So, um, it's it's it I, it just kind of missed my radar up until I saw this article about it being made with handcrafted dioramas and it got my attention real quick. Well, I mean, I'm a sucker for unique art styles in games and literally Same. everything. Yes. So <laughs> well, that's what I'll be doing, I guess, yeah. at some point. Definitely check that out then. At least when your vision comes back, check out those those uh, that article and those models that he made. It's pretty deep. So Tataria has been uncanceled now on Google Stadia. Terraria. 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 Whatever. Can I not open that article? What the fuck? It's, uh, it doesn't matter. It's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Um, I think I I've just been closing articles on accident. Whatever, uh, <laughs> tapping through them. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm always naked. So let's go. I, Sasquatch don't need no clothing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, so after gaining access back to their Google accounts, which are required to develop games on this well develop games for the stadia to be released there and probably also kind of sped up in conjunction with google closing all of their own pro uh development teams and shutting down all of their own games in development on the platform and rather using it as like a using it as an engine for other people to come in with their games to provide to, to the consumer base uh 
they've been given the go ahead to continue. So their little hissy fit, it seems, with Google, the <laughs> Google Stadia team is now over. Nice. Even though they said they weren't going to do it, they're I guess they like money in the end. <laughs> I like money. I like money too. We have a lot yeah. in common. <laughs> Who doesn't like money? <laughs> okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> that that well, that oh, was okay. it. That's that's all there is. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know. I I guess that's um that's exciting for some people. I don't pay much attention to Google Stadia. I can't. I I'm still impressed anytime I hear anything about it. So, that's but it's, it's still kicking. <laughs> Um, so alive, there's still apparently a user base enough of one at least. Yeah. So EA pledges uh, total freedom for studios with game development. Yeah. So um, we were actually talking about something similar to this before yeah, with, with how Square, Square Enix. Enix provides their developers total, you know, total freedom with their own properties. Um, mm-hmm. And EA has pledged to do the same with their developers as well. Um, so this Ouch. will be with Bioware with their games like Dragon Age. Um, what I'm really excited for with uh, the uh, the prior Infinity Ward team with their Titanfall universe. Titanfall 2 is fantastic. Mm. Apex Legends is doing really good right well, also by them. And this is extending to all of their development teams that they are currently um, in control of. Uh, so this comes... <laughs> This comes in the same breath from the same meeting where they officially mixed the Anthem 2.0. So it is EA. So maybe not. Maybe they just said, hey, everyone except for Bioware and their Anthem team, you can do what you want. But uh, supposedly this means you'll be getting a lot more of the developers doing what they want. And EA just supporting them from a publisher standpoint, which is generally what you really want to do. You don't want the publisher leering over the shoulder of the developer saying, hey, what are you doing? Are you done yet? No, do this, which infamously happened. The most infamous case being uh, uh, Kojima Productions uh, when he when uh, Hideo Kojima worked for Konami with Metal Gear Solid 5. Mm. So that would be the most <laughs> that would be the largest case of something like that happening where they just cut the game's development at a certain point and the ending made no sense. Yeah. So hopefully um, this will allow like Titanfall 3 to be produced. Um, Dragon Age getting back to its like really, really fun Dragon Age origin roots. Um, stuff like that. So we'll see in the, over the next couple of years how this developer freedom works out for EA. But honestly, I think it'll be a really, really good thing. That's, I mean, freedom for developers is only ever a good thing. Uh, one thing this makes me really excited for is the Command and Conquer series because A, it's starting to get more attention right now with the remaster, and B, um, if EA is finally loosing their talons a little bit, then maybe we can go back to the good old days of Command and Conquer um, instead of whatever it is that it turned into. Um, so I, I I know I'm excited for the the prospects of what could happen with Command and Conquer for that. Um, another note because I went to go I was I went out, while I was thinking about this I went on the Steam page to go see who the developer was because I couldn't remember um, of the the remastered collection and I was looking at the trailer and it I saw on there I didn't know this until just now somehow because when I was playing it I realized that the soundtrack sounded really fucking good and apparently they remastered the soundtrack too like they got the original artists back in the studio and re-recorded the original soundtrack and redid it it 
it's fucking awesome. So there's that. So um, this is another one that I know Sasquatch is pretty excited about. The Elden Ring trailer. The newest oh. Elden Ring trailer has finally leaked. <laughs> it exists. It exists. It's still a, it's still uh, a thing. I had, I had no doubt it actually existed. Um, there has been a lot of silence on From Software's part revolving around the game itself, minus a tweet at one point late last year saying, yes, we're still working on the game. Um, the game is being developed with George R. R. Martin writing the story and building the lore, the world, um, the world lore for From Software for the game mm-hmm. itself. And it is a very it is a very leaked trailer. They could <laughs> definitely, definitely use some more JPEG on that trailer. <laughs> Um, it looks like it was recorded on a cell phone camera circa 2006 in a dark room with shitty microphones recording the audio. Um, so someone put up like a little a pre, spy it looks like camera. A pre, it looks like a pre-con trailer, to be quite honest. Um, so we will we will most definitely get the full actual trailer later this year for whatever con they decide to release this at. Um, but it does... St- give you a little bit of story about the world um, as much stories you would expect from a dark souls like game from, from software Um, even through the uh, watermarks on the video and the horrible pixelization. The game does look like a dark souls game. It does look like it will be really pretty looking, Um, but really you're just going to get a fancily written deep lore George RR Martin Dark Souls-like game. But this is the first actual concrete news we've had of the game since a tweet saying, yes, it still exists. And then before that, a trailer showing a ring. Just a circle. So Nice. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm later this I year, love, I'm love, sure we'll get more. I mean, I love From Software, and I know um, J.R.R. Martin does uh, good stuff, too. I've never actually seen... George! Huh, or George! George. Oh, whatever. What did I say? Jay. Jay. Oh, okay. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not drinking. Um, no, no. I'm excited for it though. It should be good. So, research a research firm has claimed that Nintendo archive Nintendo archived all oligo- achieved achieved. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Nintendo achieved uh, oligopoly in Japan. Mm, oligopoly, my favorite dish from the Olive Garden. Mm. Uh, So, yes. Um, This is claiming, the research firm is claiming that the Switch has nearly completely overtaken the entire gaming market in Japan. Um, Previously, it was split with Sony's PlayStation, um, and they're claiming that the PlayStation game sales have been practically eradicated so this is uh for a time period from october to december so take that as yeah take that with a grain of salt because people could be you know just waiting to buy anything for the playstation 5 um people are getting stir crazy and that's also when there was the big boom for purchasing switches oh yeah. Um, yeah i remember it being real hard for a while i knew a few people that were looking posting on on uh, social media daily, like anyone got a switch? Yes, yes, I do, and I love it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I got mine uh, like last October. 
So right before everyone started going crazy for them. Yeah, so um, really, it this is a a combination of multiple factors. Uh, really, it's going to be the end of the life cycle. Well, the beginning of the life cycle for the PlayStation 5, people not investing that heavily into PlayStation 4s because the PlayStation 4 sales dropped um, as long as well with the PlayStation 4 games. Now, this is just physical units. Um, so a lot of that's also going to come with people, you know, purchasing their games digitally. Uh, the PlayStation 4, you can still upgrade your hard drives uh, via external or internal. So maybe a lot more people are just also moving to uh, digital downloads. Whereas with the Switch, you still need to kind of purchase those physical chips, those little cards, because your options for hard drive space on the Switch is very, very limited. Yeah. So... Destiny 2's, <clears throat> Destiny 2's Trials of uh, Osiris mode has been disabled. Yes, it has. And uh, from afterward, uh, like since we posted this earlier in the week, uh, it's since been updated. It's been uh, disabled indefinitely due to uh, match fixing. Uh, what happened? Hmm. Um... Let's see. Uh, like boosting, I assume. Basically, you'd uh, you'd queue up with some burner characters using a specific emblem to communicate uh, that you were in on it, mm-hmm. and then if you queue against another team using the emblems, uh, you arrange who wins, and then go from there. Mm. And apparently, this was a lot of. Uh, a lot of the Asian players. Whoa, why why we got to make it like that? The the Asian markets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it's OK. We're, I'm just, it's just a joke. It's OK. It's OK. We're covered. Yeah, uh, uh, wasn't there something similar in Destiny One as well? That I they just know. It? What what exactly is Trials of Osiris mode? It's a hardcore PvP mode uh, for for high end players. Okay, it's a three v three elimination, and it's the sweaty district. <laughs> yeah, got it. And so, what you do is you you purchase a ticket for whatever cheap in game currency they want. And uh, you have to get seven wins without getting three losses. And if you mm. get seven wins and no losses, uh, you get a, I believe, a title, uh, special armor. You get to go to a special lighthouse location. Gotcha. I have that from before you got into the game. The lighthouse yep. is okay. And then there's no yeah. point to it. <laughs> it's not like a second secret social hub. <laughs> no, you, you get to go there for like five minutes, <laughs> get your loot, and then you, you got to leave. <laughs> yep. So how about some Epic Games news? But, uh, oh, sorry. I guess I guess they're going to leave the, the mode off for a while while they figure out um, 
how to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, they haven't figured out how to deal with it even from the console only days on PlayStation and Xbox. So I really don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. There's, there's really not a lot of ways to come to combat boosting. Um, It's like, there's, there's just not a lot of way, not, not a lot of things you can do about it. Nope. So Epic games has acquired fall guys. That's an article. I close an accident. <laughs> Hold on one second. I'll find it. There dun, it is. Dun. dun dun. Yes. So um, not fall guys itself, but the developers uh, tonic games group. Mm. Um, so tonic games group famously known for releasing fall guys um under the guise of it's not a battle royale game and it was also their last ditch chance to make a game without going completely bankrupt or becoming defunct <laughs> and well they knocked it out of the park um epic games did announce that they have acquired tonic games group including including the developer it's self media tonic so um media tonic is part of the group it was probably part of the deal that to get media tonic they also need to get tonic games group so there's a bunch more smaller devs included into this deal with Epic. Um, Fall Guys itself will remain available on all platforms, it seems. Um, it's not going to be... The Epic's not saying, hey, well, sucks to be you guys on Steam with it. Can't play it anymore. <laughs> That'd be fucked up. Um, there was some speculation that the game would be going free to play with this um, with while being the developer being acquired by Epic. But the official fact says there is no news to update on this matter yet. Um, if it does go to free to play and I don't get like $60 worth of in-game currency, I'll be <laughs> pissed. <laughs> well, that's a slap in my balls. Hmm. But uh, I, I, that's just me griping. I still haven't even tried it. I got it for free on PS Plus, and I still haven't even tried it. It's been sitting in my backlog oh, for like a year. All Guys launched free on PS Plus. That's another one oh, that did. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There you go. There's so, another one for you, but it's also like a double-A game. Actually, Fall Guys is straight up an indie game, so... <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so... If it goes free to play, maybe people who bought it will get something, which might include you, Thor, even though you didn't actually buy it. But but I had a copy before it went free to play. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So and uh, on that same beat of Epic Games, uh, it looks like Epic Games and Match Match Group are pu- are pushing state to pass. That's app- it. Yeah, are pushing states to pass App Store regulations. That's the one I closed. I'll find it. Me and my one eye. Hmm. Um, yeah, so Epic and Match have kind of teamed up uh, together against Apple in Epic and Apple's little squabble. Squabble. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. But they're looking... They're looking to uh, looking to going for the states to pass regulation that would hurt Apple and Google without actually having to worry about the lawsuit with Apple and Google. Um, so it's kind of a way to get around it. They're hoping 
that they can have state legislator pass, which would limit the amount of money that the marketplace owner. So you have Apple who owns their app store, Google who owns their Google Play store. Um, This would also affect, oddly enough, Epic themselves because they have their own storefront as well as other providers like GOG or Steam. It would limit the amount of money um, they would be able to earn off of any sort of sales. So lower the standard percentage, which is 30% across the board, which Epic doesn't like. Um, And yeah, so they're hoping that this will be a way to circumvent their lawsuit with Apple. Hmm. And just go right past them to lawmakers themselves, mm-hmm. which kind of weird. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, this 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 whole thing the last what year now almost I guess has been kind of weird. It has been kind of a kind of a uh, train wreck. But yeah, um, Apple and Google have both retained their own lobbyists to fight against this proposal. That Epic and Match Group are using their own lobbyists for. So <laughs> it's it's just a giant pissing contest at this it point. It is a giant pissing contest, yes. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Alright. So uh Doc, tell us about Guilty Gear Strive being delayed. Uh after do well, the beta closed a couple weekends ago. Um and based on the feedback. Uh, they are going to be delaying the game two months because they want to add some polish to the online lobbies and the server stability. Um, the delay sucks, but this is the best possible use of their time. Um, the lobbies, I I liked the idea behind the lobbies, but they were slow and awful and it, it, they were just a pain to use. Well- and and I think people need to appreciate the fact that it's being delayed, but it's being delayed right after a beta test and like they're implementing your feedback. You know what I mean? Yeah, this so is like, this is something that everyone's really excited about. Yeah. So uh, so people should understand it. if you're going to delay something and doing it after like looking through your data after a beta test is like that's acceptable. I think I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like that. this is the reason why they do these beta tests is to test how things go and see what the players think well, and i mean i mean they're making the game for the players so yeah. why and, not take their feedback and after the cyberpunk fiasco i think people are going to be much much more hesitant to get up in arms over games being delayed uh hopefully anyways because you know it's Sometimes maybe don't pressure the developers maybe let them fucking hey, I don't get that cyberpunk game. stuff my game was amazing I had ray tracing and everything. It was phenomenal. <laughs> okay, but there was objectively a debacle <laughs> over it, so... Well, it sucks to be a poor <laughs> old-school console user, okay? <laughs> I'm glad but, uh, I knew better. I mean, this sort of delay isn't all that uncommon with smaller studios. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one of my... One of the games I am most looking forward to has had this sort of delay three times now. Um, Amazon's, their studio's MMO, New World. It's been delayed multiple times, and it finally once again has another set release date this fall. Mm. Um, So it's been delayed over and over um, after each various alpha test or open, open, I guess, really, they could have been like a, it was an open server stress test. So kind of like a beta 
but they pushed the game back even further and knocked it back into alpha to add more systems and change stuff mm. based on player feedback. So that's how testing it's works. not that uncommon for this. Yeah, it's it's a great idea. And everything I've heard about that game being pushed back, it's fantastic. They've they've infinitely added more, I guess not infinitely, but they've greatly increased the amount of weapons and skills and change based systems and stuff and added complete mm. new unplanned content to the game based on player feedback. So it's a good thing. People shouldn't be upset about this. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but mm-hmm. you're getting a better game from it. Yeah. So there's a new big budget open world Dungeons and Dragon games in development. So tell us more. Yes. This is another one that's definitely piqued my interest. Um, it is being developed by the uh, Hidden Path. Um, they're the studio behind the Defense Grid series of games, which are actually kind of fun. Um. See, this was uh, this is now officially being developed by Hidden Path. Um, in 2019, Wizards of the Coast released in a financial call meeting that they had seven or eight uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Magic: The Gathering games work being worked on to be released, and this is one of the Dungeons and Dragons games. Baldur's Gate three being the other one currently in development and also out from right now. Um. <laughs> But yeah, they were also Hidden Path is also the co-developer of uh, CSGO, Counter-Strike Go, as well as Age of Empires 2 HD. Um, this recently came out as them being the developer of it based on a few job postings like graphics programmer, uh, the lead graphics programmer, technical artist, writer, stuff like that for specifically a Dungeons and Dragons open world game. So their job posting on Twitter kind of added them as a developer, but that sort of thing happens all the time with developers mm-hmm. looking to hire people for a job. So, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so it'll be probably, I don't know how they'll go about it. I mean, Baldur's Gate is its own thing. Aside from Baldur's Gate, there really haven't been any good Dungeons and Dragons open world games. Um, yeah. yeah, Neverwinter Nights, but those are kind of defunct anymore. Yeah, uh, the Neverwinter MMO kind of sucks. I don't like. I think Dungeons and Dragons Online kind of sucks, even though it's really popular with some players. Maybe I just didn't go to a fair shake, but I'll pro- I should probably go back and try that. But I don't know. Mm. Another another open world Dungeons and Dragons game is fine by me. Yeah, I'll at least same. spend some time on it. Yeah, definitely worth trying out. Oh uh, fuck. Okay, Sasquatch. How do I pr- how do I say this? Dis. Disgaea, Disgaea, Six Defiance of Destiny launches June 29th. Yes, this this Gaea, this Gaea, this Gaea. Okay. Everyone uh, I've ever talked to has Dis-Gaya. always pronounced it Disgaea. Disgaea. I don't. Know. I've never even heard of it. I've never. Uh, heard it is, but I've I've been hearing that. I've I've been hearing it's amazing. Yes, the early two thousands. Play it. It's fantastic. How many times have I suggested you a bad game before? I honestly don't know. I don't think so. But you also suggest a lot of games, and I don't play them because I don't play a lot of games. (laughs) (laughs) I do think. I do think. Hey, you play a lot of games. You just focus on like two. That's how I am. My backlog stays stagnant a long time because 
sometimes when I get, I binge games really bad. When I get into a game, I'll just like hone in on that game for like months. But uh, yes, the sixth entry, the sixth entry in the franchise is coming west with an official release date. Um, this will be June 29th on Nintendo Switch in the West, as well as. Uh, actually, it's just on the Switch here in the West. It launched on PS4 and Switch in Japan, but it'll just be on the Switch here in the West. So Nintendo mm-hmm. probably did a lot of the translation and stuff for it. And mm-hmm. Nintendo does that sort of thing for Japanese, a lot of Japanese games. Yeah, it won't be the first but, time that happened with the JRPG. Would I need yeah. to... Would I need to play the first five to understand the story of six? No, um, it's a completely new character and everything. It's much like the Shin Megami Tensei games or Persona games. It'll help you give some like overview of the world lore and stuff, but nothing too important. Cool. Maybe I'll check that out. Um, Japanese Japanese developers are really good about that sort of thing. Like you'll definitely benefit a little bit from having prior knowledge of other games in the series, but it's nothing too absolutely important. I think that's one place that in modern gaming uh, Let's Plays have really shined, because if you don't have the time or the the devices to go and play the old games but want that lore, you can go watch Let's Plays, and I think that's a really good place for them. I mean, if you don't have the time, I don't know if you're going to have the time to watch a Let's Play. That's just as long as playing it. I mean, the equipment, the consoles, whatever makes sense. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I guess there's in my also head, in my head, it takes like if there's a lot more time to setting up my, like my old consoles. If I hook my PS2 up, I don't have it hooked up all the time. So if I'm going to play a PS2 game, I got to go through. I got to go pull it out of storage and then I got to hook it up. Tisk, with all the... tisk. I get know. a get a PlayStation 2 TV alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that's how I have it now is I have it set up to where uh, my third monitor for my computer setup is hooked up to an HDMI switch that has my PS3 plugged into it. But it's also set up to where I can just go grab my PS2, which is just sitting um, in a little storage compartment um, with all my games and stuff. And I can pull it out and swap it in there. It only takes me a couple minutes, but. All of our listeners donate us money so we can claim it as income and then buy TVs as tax write-offs to play games for you. I'm like, shut the fuck up, bro. I'm trying to tell people why they need to come watch my fucking old school Let's Plays. Tell them how to do it themselves. Jesus. No, I'm telling them (laughs) to give us money so we can buy extra TVs for old consoles. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Look, think how much easier would that be? Just you already have the PlayStation 2 just permanently set up. Right. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it is Gear Six coming uh, coming on uh, <laughs> on June 29th to Nintendo Switch here in the West, um, and I highly recommend it. Go back and play the other ones as well; they're fantastic. I say that about a lot of JRPGs. I, I, it's weird. I I like every JRPG except for Final Fantasy for the most part. Uh, I guess I do like the more modern ones. I liked I liked nine. I liked twelve. I did like fifteen. I like 11 and 14, but I don't really count those as mainline Final Fantasy games. Well, maybe 14 now, but I think I think they they would count. I don't I 14. I would say it definitely has a girthy enough story that it's absolutely a main (laughs) entry. Um, I've heard the same could be said about 11, but I don't have any. uh, I I gave up on Final Fantasy 11 awfully quickly. So. 
So tell me about this handheld AMD Ryzen gaming PC from Aya. Risen, sir. Ra- Risen. Risen. It's Raisin. The Raisins. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm... Th- this does not look like it's curled up from moisture being re- <laughs> taken from it in the sun. <laughs> this is not a sun-dried PC. We <laughs> we do not recommend at Dark Feather Gaming moistening your PCs and sun-drying them. Anyways, what's what's with the is the is this like a legit Seller? new handheld coming like Game Boy? Or, it is. Or it is an actual. It's like a PC. It's a literal PC, AMD oh. powered PC. Um, so this isn't just like hyperbole, the uh, Nvidia actual... Shield. I think okay. is kind of the same. Okay. But yeah, this is a handheld AMD PC in your hand. Um, it has built-in controllers to make it look like a Switch. It looks like it's taken quite a bit of inspiration from, with a whole bunch of more buttons on there. Um. But yes, this actually, this will go on sale starting today, actually. Does it it have a keyboard built into it? Um, It looks like it's touchscreen, but I would also not doubt that since it is a PC, there are ports for the keyboard on there. I'm just just Um, trying to draw the line between this and a laptop right now. uh, Like a a small laptop, It looks like a Switch. It looks, no, like, it looks a like a switch. Okay. Tisk tisk. I opened up your articles, sir. I just don't. I don't. I op- I open them up when I copy and paste all the headlines. I just don't remember <laughs> uh, seeing it. So but the <laughs> the this uh, risen this portable AMD risen um, switch size gaming PC. We'll have a Risen 5 4500, um, which is, you know, the six physical and six virtual cores for most of them. Um, it also will have a God, I cannot read every fucking I can read dark mode. I cannot read the light mode. And most web pages don't have a dark mode. Uh, they have two models. One will have a 500 gigabyte hard drive and one will have a one terabyte hard drive. So as long if you have fast internet and don't mind downloading stuff a lot, that's the 500 gigabyte ones. That's pretty standard for consoles anyways. So yeah. whatever. Um, they start off at $699. Uh, that is a special oh. early bird special, though. Um, normally, they'll be $789 and $869 for the 500 and then the one terabyte model, respectively. I have kind of well, I I mean that sounds like a lot, but there's also kind of a flagship premium baked into that since it's you know the first that I know of something that's kind of like this. Assuming it is what I am thinking, anyways, and it's actually like a laptop spec PC, not just a glorified switch. Yeah, it is a it is a laptop spec gaming handheld PC. I don't. It's, I just there's mean, a like, lot of stuff com- going on with here. Comparable it's to definitely a, a novelty. gaming laptop, you know what I mean? Because yeah, um, um, this would honestly probably be better. I mean, as long as you don't okay. mind using a controller, but if you're using a laptop, you're probably using a controller anyways. Yeah. Um, just out of necessity, not a lot of room. You can't really game on a laptop's keyboard. It kind of sucks ass. Yeah, not unless <laughs> you're putting it in a dock station, which at that point, like, what, what, what's the point what's here? the point? What's yeah. the purpose? <laughs> why, yeah. what are you, why are you making these <laughs> extra steps? 
Yeah, just get a PC it's at that point for the same price. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Ghost of Tsushima's devs have been made permanent ambassadors. That's pretty neat. Yes. For Japan, so, I assume. it's actually... It's actually, yeah, it's actually for the island of Tsushima, where the oh. game takes uh, place. Cool. Um, the game is, itself is actually based off a real historical event, um, albeit video gamified. Oh, yeah, I mean. Um, and the developers themselves have been made official ambassadors of the real island. Um, the Japanese government has recognized a bunch of white dudes as the official ambassadors for one of their That's islands. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um i mean this does come a lot of this does come with you know a lot of uh japanese developers really appreciating the the sort of work they put into representing their old historical culture in the game itself and um not having a playstation is kind of a regret for not being able to play this game for me so i mean everything i've heard has been fantastic about it and this also just goes forth and shows that the kind of effort and stuff that developers do sometimes take to put into their games to make them as true to life as possible, especially for an era piece such as this was. Mm -hmm. That's that's a game I'm going to have to get. You absolutely should. And then let me live vicariously through you as you play it. Deal. I'll uh, (laughs) dream it. So some Diablo 2 remaster news. Um, one thing that I saw in here that was really neat, and <clears throat> I don't know how this escaped my notice. I think it's just been with, uh, you know, this time of year work gets crazy and some stuff slips through the cracks. But um, I didn't even know that the Diablo 2 remaster was going to be on PS5. Um, I figured it was just going to be a PC only. Um, but apparently, so there is a PS5 version and the PS5 version, um, is incorporating haptic feedback with the DualSense. Um, they haven't been exactly specific. They've, developers have said, quote, we're working or we're still working on how we want to use it, but the haptic feedback on the controller is a really exciting thing. And we want everything to make sure they said that was quoted directly. So it's, um, it, it, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot they can do with it, like what they're doing with Odd World. It doesn't have to be, you know, the the, the examples they use with triggers and bows is great. Um, but just for example, with Odd World, your your heart rate starts going getting faster, more rapid heartbeat as um, danger gets closer. And they do that with the triggers and the haptic feedback. They start pulsating at the how rapidly your heart rate is. So there's there's a lot of stuff they can do with this haptic feedback, and it's exciting to see what they may do with it. Um, the other thing on the Diablo 2 remaster is they have confirmed um, that players will be able to import saves from the original game should you still have them. Everyone get excited. Woo, yeah, now I'm going to ruin everyone's day. Um, this is just for the single player mode. So this isn't anything for multiplayer. Um, it's just your single player walkthrough that could be transferred. So if you still have that, great. Um, but it's not going to touch anything multiplayer. So it's nothing to get too excited about um i'm still really excited for this uh, i'm super stoked that it's going to be out for ps5 i'll probably have it for ps5 and for pc i'm, I'm still going to get it on pc because um i know there's going to be a lot of mods for it and i'm stoked on that um but i i think um i'm i'm, I'm hoping well i know i know that they'll be able to do they'll be able to connect the dual sense to pc so it's in any case the haptic feedback's a good thing I mean, I can confirm right right now that the Dual Sense works on PC. I've yeah. got one. Sweet. I thought the, about uh, upgrading to one the other day. 
yet. I've been thinking about getting one because you can get the dual senses. And I've, after you got yours and it confirmed it works, I've been thinking about grabbing one to play. How, how is the controller itself? Is it nice? I like it. Um, apparently, it's got the same uh, potential for drift as mm. like the PS4 and the Switch and everyone who uses basically it's apparently everyone uses the same switches for their first party controllers. Mm. So um if you expect to like abuse the shit out of it <laughs> you can maybe expect it to last seven months yeah i mean and, and but, I, can... I mean i don't i don't use mine a whole lot there are only a few games i play with it but i love it it is fantastic it's a good weight um the switches i mean while they're fresh are real nice um yeah it's a it's solid controller battery lasts decently long too mm. i've done like about eight hours with it on yeah I've been before think- having to plug it in i've been thinking of grabbing one to hook up to my pc so i don't have to steal one of my ps4 remotes every time i uh, play something i want a remote for on my pc i can just get a dual sense leave that with my pc and have it dedicated to it at least until i get a ps5 um but i don't know it's uh, i might one of these days we'll see so some news yeah. on our gaming conventions for this year. There's actually quite a bit on here. One of the big things is that E3 for this year has officially um, canceled their live event. That shouldn't be really that surprising. They are putting together another digital E3 this year, similar to what they did before. Um, but I mean, I, honestly, I think E3 is kind of on its way out the door um yeah we have this their live events canceled they're going to do things digitally but now we got this whole host of other game uh conventions that are going digital and kind of starting to overtake things um the future games show is returned with a spring showcase later in this month um so we've got future games show coming from um and this is coming from Rate, uh, Games Radar Plus, but they should be having a uh, what is it? Forty di- featuring forty different up or uh, around forty different games and thirty different publishers Damn. and developers. So it's it's a huge thing. It's going to be going over Twitch and YouTube. Um, so then that's coming later this month, uh, March twenty fifth <coughs> is when that's going to go down. And then we have Bandai Namco next trademarked which is likely another live broadcast event. So Bandai Namco is going to be doing their own thing as well. Um, and then we also have the New Game Plus Expo, which is has now released game updates and announcements. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on, and I, I honestly just think E3 is going to become a thing of the past you know what i mean or at least they're they're they're, they're no longer the kings of game conventions they're, they're, they're i mean the title's going down with how e3 with what e3 had turned into around fuck 2013 14 yeah for, yeah so it was just there. a giant glorified advertisement yeah um yeah everything previously else, press only yes yep it was previously press only but when they opened it up to public um, it now became more just, about advertising, and I mean, it yeah. makes sense. You're gonna have more. Uh, you're just gonna have more physical eyes there. Why not change up how you do things? And yeah, other other conferences just do it better because 
yeah, you still have trailers. They're still advertising, but there's a lot more. You have your back panel discussions and stuff. You have like a Comic-Con. Comic-Con yeah. and PAX are great ones. They have those advertisement areas. Um, you take the boots at their face value. Here's an advertisement. Here's a demo. That's that's an advertisement. A demo, a playable demo is an advertisement. That trailer is an advertisement. They also offer those in-depth panels where you can go to a Q&A with developers and stuff. And that's where you get a lot of your technical information about everything going on with the game. Yeah. Yeah, so it's I think out of all of these, the one I'm most excited for is the future games show. Um, but the, 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 there's going to be a lot of stuff rolling out this spring. As far as announcements yes. go, so keep paying attention to the podcast to stay up to date. Definitely don't look up stuff on your own. Treat us <laughs> as your only source of information. <laughs> so let's go into some of our weekly updates, um, or at least semi-weekly. And why don't you start us off with your Magic the Gathering updates, Sasquatch? Uh, yeah, Magic's getting weird. Um, <laughs> Wizard announced that they're going to be doing more crossover stuff. It's Magic the Gathering, it's the universe of beyond. Um, there's a new series specifically Magic the Gathering. Um, they the last couple of years had this really, this really interesting pro, uh, product called Secret Layers. Um, they were limited release special art, special themed cards. I have a few of them. Um, the the metal the metal card set is absolutely amazing. Um, I also have the I also have one of the artist series as well for Seth, uh, my favorite MTG artists. Um, and they've decided with the success of their the Walking Dead secret lair that the, that would be a good point to kick off their universe beyond. And they actually have two rather popular crossovers they're going to be doing they're going to be crossing over with warhammer 40k as well as lord of the rings um now these are not normal these are not going to be the size of the secret layers the secret layers were i think like 10 custom cards stuff like that these are full-on expansions you'll be able to play with um so you're going to have an entire 40k which is you know a really cool universe all on its own as well as lord of the rings which kind of makes sense lord of the rings really makes sense with what magic the gathering is anyways so um middle earth enterprises which is now um which was formerly the tolkien enterprises they gave wizards access to various works by tolkien himself relating to lord of the rings uh, trilogy's characters as well as some unpublished stuff to help them come up with an entire expansion to be published within the game itself. Oh wow! Nice. Yes, so they're really going all in on this. Um, their first, their Dungeons and Dragons set coming out this summer is not the first crossover since it's a. They kind of exist in the same world, anyways, canonically. Mm. Um, Magic the Gathering stuff exists in the Dungeons and Dragons world, and Dungeons and Dragons stuff exists in the Magic Gathering world. They're just all different planes that all make sense together. These are this is a completely new thing that they're taking on. Um, I'm actually kind of excited to see what they do. I'm really pensive about it because um, you can really fuck it up because mm. they already fuck up their normal Magic cards balancing wise. So yeah, aren't they aren't they <coughs> adding Warhammer 40k as a crossover? That's what I said. 
Yeah. The, the... <laughs> uh, everything in 40K yeah. is designed to be overpowered. It's, it's going to come in, it's going to smash everything, and the only thing that can stop it is any other thing from the Warhammer 40K universe. Obviously, you've never ran into Oko or Uro, <laughs> so... <laughs> Oko will just turn everything into an elk. Don't worry about it. Hmm. That uh, space marine armor is not going to do shit if it's an elk. If you're an MTG fan or a Warhammer fan or a Lord of the Rings fan, if you're a collector of any of those, these would probably be really good expansions to keep an eye on because... The Walking Dead uh, secret lair was huge with both Walking Dead collectors and Match of the Gathering collectors and people who play Match of the Gathering because those cards were legal in a couple of actual formats for Match of the Gathering. These cards are going to be straight up just legal. Um, if it will be outside of like their standard rotation, that's still up in the air. But with how they're complete expansions, there's going to be quite a bit of legality with them. Nice. So that's always good. So, uh, looking at some TV and movie news updates, the first thing I wanted to break out is the PlayStation has announced that the PS, uh, the PSN store is going to be discontinuing movie and TV rentals and purchases. Now, if you've purchased movies through the PS store, um, you'll still retain those, but they are discontinuing the ability to rent or purchase any new movies as of August 31st, 2021. Um, in their official statement, they essentially say, well, streaming platforms, we're irrelevant now. <laughs> um, I, I, that's paraphrased. They're, let's see, their actual their quote is, uh, we've seen tremendous growth from PlayStation fans using subscription-based and ad-based entertainment streaming services on our consoles. Because, you know, they sell these and rent these through their consoles, but you can also just download the Amazon app and do it there, too. Um, or so Netflix or yeah. Hulu or whatever well, you got. I was, yeah, I was, Every anime streaming service. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was mostly referring to being able to, like, rent movies, but... Um, but yeah, with, with the shift, uh, with the shift in customer YouTube. behavior, we've decided we'll no longer offer movie and TV purchases and rentals through the PlayStation Store as of August 31st. So um, that's, I mean, that's not a huge surprise, I don't think. But um, do be aware I, that if you are used to renting movies through the PSN Store, you're going to need to start doing it through something else. I think I did that a couple of times in my life. I didn't even know you could rent. TV or movies well, through the PlayStation Network. Now you can't. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter now. Nothing uh, changed for you. <laughs> it's okay. I watch them all on my PC and my browser on my big fancy monitor. And then um, speaking of Amazon, Amazon Studios, everyone get ready to cringe. Ready? Okay. Amazon Studios is making a, a live action Helsing movie. So I did read a little bit into this. Um, I don't Derek Kolstad? Kolstad? Uh, Kolstad, yeah, Kolstad. Um, he is the uh, director of the John Wick movies. So there is some hope. John Wick movies, um, while they are just, you know, dumb action movies, they are, they do, uh, they are directed really well. Um, um, they, everything they about also, them is visually stunning. The, they also have the kind of action sequences 
that that would make sense in this that would translate well to the way Helsing shows them. I don't know, man. At any time we're talking so, animated live action, I get really yeah. And then and that and oh, now when we talk about same. Helsing in that context, I I just can't even. It's not that I don't think. I mean, I'm sure, okay, if someone could do it right, maybe, you know, he could do it the better than anyone. But, like, is there a way this can be done correctly? Absolutely. I still, there's definitely a way to do it. Okay. I don't I, I, I mean, it's not like, I, I've yet to find any really, really kick-ass uh, examples, but, like, I still watch them, if nothing else, just for the same reason you watch bad B-rate movies uh, and complain to your friends about it the whole time you're watching it, you know what I mean? Um, well, I had a hell have, of a time watching stuff. Death Note. Uh, that was a wild ride. It took me like four hours to watch that movie. Um, God, but I watched I mean, it. <laughs> so I've so far the the Netflix live action adaptations have been purely by Japanese developers, uh, producers, directors, and stuff like this. This is a strictly Hollywood Hollywood esque adaptation. The last one. Having been, uh, what would it have been, Dragon Ball? <laughs> Which and you I mean, wonder why I'm worried. Dragon Ball was so long ago. <laughs> I don't care. I'm still scarred. <laughs> Look, I mean the that's the the, the type. You, you got to drop the literal worst example of an of a live action adaptation on the ground right here. <laughs> that was uh that was my Hollywood live action example. Uh, There's not many Hollywood live action examples. Look, um you have the right director. He knows what's he knows how to film these long action sequences. Um John Wick has some of the longest like single shot action sequences in any sort of movie in the past decade or or decade or longer. Um, and they're they're shot really they're shot really well. I mean, I love Keanu Reeves. He's not the best actor, but I'll just be frank. <laughs> I love the dude though. He knows he uh, he was able to use Keanu Reeves and make it even better in John Wick by helping direct him to to be an even better actor in those action sequences. Helsing, a lot of that sort of action is the same kind of stuff. Like Doc said, it's it's not ex- it's. <laughs> I mean, I guess they could make it over the top with the source material I, they're coming, but it's just going to be stuff exploding into little tiny bits. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. F- okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give just, you. I'll, I'll give you ground on that. Got a lot of gore. I'll, I'll give you ground on that. The director. Also, maybe they find. Also, a, you should really go watch Helsing a Bri- Helsing Ultimate Bridge. It's fucking fantastic. I have. It is amazing. I have. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay so okay I'll, I'll give you that i'll give you okay so they found a golden puzzle piece okay and that's great what about the yes. rest of the puzzle pieces so we have a great director but wh- okay wh- what else do we have to work with because a great director is awesome but you have a if you have a great director and the rest of the team is hot garbage then you know what well, i mean you have the other part of the team is amazon themselves amazon has put out really really good tv shows really really good movies Amazon's on top of for their media. Um, their gaming division's still up in the air. Um, who knows? But we're not talking about it. We're talking about like what they can put out movies. Uh, yeah, but John Ryan is a great, fantastic action series. Man, the High Castle is a really good alternate history 
uh, drama thriller series. Well, and I get uh, they're that. really good with the an- with the anime, the original anime they put out as well. They're they're great at finding the right talent. They're great at finding those specific uh, puzzle pieces to put together. All right, and I, I just I mean, do we know anything about like who's who's writing the script, who's who any of the any of the actors? Because I know the article I posted didn't give really it gave, it was like two paragraphs, it gave kind of dick for information. Um, and I wasn't able to find too much, so it's. Um, I just want I, I just forced her to write it. I just I just <laughs> I just try and use a lot of caution and have a big old boulder of salt whenever it comes to these live action adaptations, <clears throat> especially because Helsing's one of my favorite animes, and so I get I'm the last time one of my favorite animes got an adaptation, it was fucking Death Note. Okay, so. I I I I'm I'm a little scared. That's all. Um. So there's not much. There's only there's there's literally nothing else aside from the director announcement. That's usually the first thing announced for everything, because the director yeah, and yeah. well they have announced a producer. The director and producer are responsible for filling the actor roles. That's, so I'd, you I'd have like a guy who writers who fil- who chose Keanu Reeves to be in a movie, and he did a great job with that. So. I think, and, and I get uh, what you mean by he's not the best actor, but I think you, I I agree with qualification because I think that yes, he's not the best actor, but that's because he's one of those actors that can only re- he doesn't have a lot of range. He can only play really kind of certain roles, and I think that what he did for John R- John Wick falls into those certain roles he can pull off. If that makes sense, right. so it's I get that, and it's. I don't know. I, I'm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, I'll keep my ear on the tracks, and we'll see what's going on with it. Um. I mean, yeah. So you can go into it, you know, cautious. But why? Just go watch mm-hmm. it, and if it's good, it's good. If it's okay, it's that's still yeah. good. That's a, that's a step in the right direction. But yeah, having I mean, Amazon and the director chosen for it, that's a really good start for it. The only shine of hope that I have at all is that it's Amazon and not Netflix. Yeah, I'm right. I'm currently worried about the live action Cowboy Bebop that's supposed to come out this year. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, that's yeah. I oh, thought yeah. that got delayed. Probably did, but it's currently supposed to come out 2021. Oh, uh, no. Ah, it's one of my favorites. It's one of the few things I still own the original manga for. It's like gonna, top two for me. Cow- Look, look how they massacred my boy. That's all I'm going to be saying. I don't know. I'm okay with the casting for uh, for Spike. Who was it? John Cho. All right, I can. uh, uh, Okay. I've got a question. Have either of you watched the live action Bleach? Nope. No, I'm I will not watch it just like I won't watch the live action Attack on Titan. I'm. So here's the thing is that's another one of my favorites. And I was really, really the same kind of reaction to Helsing. And then when I watched the trailer, the part, at least what the trailer I saw, it didn't look too bad. And so I've been like afraid to watch it. (laughs) So I don't know. But I mean, to be fair, if you've seen one arc of Bleach, you've seen them all. So who who knows? What if I only read you got recycled arc filler, recycled arc filler. See, that's what the, if okay. I only read six issues of Bleach in Shonen Jump back in like 2001, 
2002, maybe. That that I mean, there's a lot of I I get that there's that there's similarities in the way they cycle through things, but I mean, it goes through a lot that. It, it I, I will suffered. give that there's filler. Here's the thing, though. When it comes to anime, filler episodes, and mind you, I understand Bleach has filler seasons, um, but it's that, that's never bothered me. Um, I've always been really immersive with my games and shows, so when they add filler, I just take it as expanded universe knowledge, and it it's really just never bothered me, so I've never minded any of the filler seasons. So, like... That's just how it was on Japanese television back then, because if you gave up your spot to give your animation studio time to catch up, um, mm-hmm. you would lose your TV spot. Um, yep. That's not so common anymore with how many animation studios there are. Mm-hmm. Um, their paid studios are paid in advance. That's why you have seasons. That's why you have uh, anime like Fire Force or even Dragon Ball Super now. It's on break until there's enough manga source material yeah. for them to get caught up with. Actually, I think they've already started animating it. Yeah, because um, at one point I think it's Bleach, a lot different. It's a lot different right now. Um, like the original Naruto, the last two seasons were all filler until Shippuden got mm-hmm. caught up enough for them to go on. Um, yeah, I think the only the oldest the oldest manga I think that didn't have any issues with that was just because of how the studio they managed writing and animating every episode, much like South Park Studios does, mm-hmm. was Gintama. Gintama is the only the only actual long running anime that didn't have a lot of filler. And I mean, they had 22 episodes of filler, but 22 episodes in 387 episodes total is not a lot. So, yeah, it's well, no, that was a common thing back then. I've, I've done. <laughs> that's that. why you have that's why you have driving school Goku and Piccolo and baseball game Goku and Piccolo and mm. Saiyan man, the great Saiyan <laughs> man. <laughs> Well, and I know with Bleach, because um, and I, I don't remember – I know I did the math once, and depending on where you draw the line for filler, because some of the actual canon uh, manga content is definitely still fillery, um, there, it had more filler content than actual story beat content, but it just – I don't know. That just never bothered me at all about it. Um, I enjoyed all of – well, I enjoyed most of their filler arcs. Um, the only times it kind of bothered me is there's a couple areas where the filler arcs didn't really blend well when they tried to push them back into the main story arc. It just didn't, the way they blended it didn't make sense. Um, but that's the only issue that I had is that it was kind of just, it was very jarring. They didn't bother transitioning it. It was just, uh, meanwhile, in a fictional universe, you know they didn't they could have put I, I think they could have put a little more effort into the transitioning of it but that was the only complaint i had i didn't actually mind the stories or the arcs themselves also speaking of bleach um there is a great three episode movie I don't know why they just didn't make one movie, but they they shortened it down to three episodes. It's called Burn the Witch. Um, it was a side project by the writer and creator of Bleach, but based in London. Um, it is the same universe as Bleach as well. Hmm. Um, Interesting. It's really worth checking out. Uh, it's only about, I think, like an hour and 10 minutes total. It's like a mini movie split across three episodes. But the animation on it's gorgeous. The writing on it's fantastic because it's not filler bleach. Um, it's its own little thing. And I really. 
it's only an actually it's only 59 minutes so nice and you get the huge call out at the end of it um you got like soul society west at the end of it just kind of revealed for where they are and what they're actually doing but it's also not bleach there's dragons and shit in upside down london it's cool nice So yeah, I ah oh man, now I want now I'm wanting to go watch Bleach again. That's that's a tall order. Go watch Gintama instead because they mm. they do reference Bleach a lot in it. Actually, they reference every single show that was imprinted at the same time. Just completely rip it off a of better. Mm-hmm. Sure. Go watch Gintama. How many uh, filler episodes did you say it had? Twenty two. That's it. And they they actually they actually do work well with the main story because, I mean, the main story is also bonkers and ridiculous and makes no sense. So who cares? I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it, uh, it's absolutely serious and has some of the best animated fight scenes for something that shouldn't have some of the best absolutely animated fight scenes in existence. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I, I'm definitely probably gonna have to watch through Bleach again because now I re- now I'm now I'm like already forming a kick in my brain. It's been too long since I've just watched go watch through. Burn the Witch instead. It's like the same thing. I can do them both. Watch Burn the Witch first, okay? I, Otherwise, I'll, I'll you'll never get to it. I'll, I'll, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Watch it first. It's something new and it not is. that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Given if I do start watching Bleach again, I'm gonna be like talking about it still in a year because I'm still gonna. You'll be never get it. to your backlog of games. <laughs> no, and then and then the Facebook chat's just gonna be Kenpachi memes and nothing else for like a solid two weeks. So, does anyone else have anything on the movies? I think I saw something else someone had posted on the movie front. Uh, a casting for Tiny Tina in oh, Borderlands, the yeah. Borderlands movie, which I accidentally closed because I thought we were just skipping it because our oh, list yeah. had it listed further up. Yeah, when I, I noticed it. it, I realized it belonged with the movie updates. Anyways, so along with our casting of like Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Kate Blanchett, um, which honestly, that's a pretty star-studded cast. Um, we have Tiny Tina on the way. Um, Ariana Greenblatt. Blatt? Greenblatt? I still can't read. Greenblatt, yes. Um, she played child uh, Gamora in Avengers Infinity Wars. So, mm. you know, the meme. She was the meme girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so she has been chosen and casted after a worldwide search. Um, whatever, that works. Tiny Tina is kind of a... I mean... Child Gamora is not an over-the-top, completely sadistic character like Tiny Tina, but whatever. Mm. I still say we riot if uh, Terry Crews is not Mr. Torg. So Riot indeed. <laughs> um, because with Tiny Tina being here, that does mean we're going to get a Mr. Torg. He is mm. in this movie's reign. So... <laughs> Uh, let's see. She was also in a couple movies. Um, Scooby. She was in 2020 Scooby as young Velma. Um, Love and Monsters and the one and only Ivan. So children's movies. Um, she was in a musical in the Heights as well as the boss baby, whatever that is. So eh, we got our tiny Tina. 
which nice. with this cast, I'll probably go see it and whatever horror show it <laughs> becomes. Speaking of, you know, awful anime movies, video game movies don't fare much better. Yeah. <laughs> so on to a little bit of Pokemon news, actually a lot of it. There's a few things similar to last week. It's, we've just kind of had exploding news. Um, Talked so, about the MMOs and remakes last week, I take it. Well, yeah. Yeah, the MMO and remakes. Yeah. Most more. And um, so it uh, looks like uh, Pokemon has been added to the uh, list of things that scalpers are ruining. Um, so first, and we talked about this a little bit, there's the huge droves of people spending thousands of dollars per purchase on McDonald's to get the Happy Meal cards. Um, and now they're buying up all the Shining Fates cards. Um and scalping them for ridiculous prices. And so this is kind of just popping up everywhere, be it consoles, being Shining Fate cards, be it whatever. It's just, yeah, it, nothing nothing is safe or sacred anymore. And mind you, I don't get physical cards anymore. I stick with the uh, the digital, on uh, the trading card game online. But um, it's just, it's, it's, eh, it's, it's getting stupid. And one thing that kind of pissed me off, and I mentioned this in the chat, is that... A lot of the content creators I'm seeing on YouTube and Facebook are kind of just deciding to lean into it. And I've seen a lot of um, philosophy of, oh, well, it's it's no different than buying something from Walmart. Walmart pays a lot cheap. They pay, you know, $10 for this thing, and then you buy it for $50 from them. It's no different what these scalpers are doing. It's just a new way of buying items. And it, what are you being – what did you get one of them for free to say that? Shut the fuck up. Anyway, okay, rant over. But um, so yeah, getting hard to get Shining Fates cards. Um, on the Pokemon Go side, uh, they released an update. Apparently, when they did the Pokemon Go Tour Kanto, um, some people got access to the paid ticket version, um, or at least some of its features, and um, without buying the ticket. So to make up for this, they've announced that anyone who did buy the ticket will receive a few more bonuses to make up for the fact that everyone got some of the stuff that they um, supposedly were getting, you know, they were paying for extra stuff and then everyone got it. So anyone who originally bought the ticket will be receiving an extra 30 or 30 ultra balls, a lure module, a puffin, a super incubator, a lucky egg, Three silver pinup berries, a star piece, an elite fast TM and elite charge TM, um, a normal charge and elite TM, and 100 new candy. So this and, and a remote remote raid pass. So these will be made uh, via free timed research tasks on April 5th. So make sure that you're uh, paying attention on those, and I will give some reminders when we get closer to the date. And then the last part is they kind of on both of those things. There's a collaboration going between Pokemon Go and the Pokemon trading card game. Um, so due to the popularity of Pokemon Go and it having been out for, uh, what, five years now, um, they're adding Professor Willow as a Pokemon card. So that's pretty neat news as well. And the last bit of news updates on here are our RuneScape updates. Um, so the newest Battle Pass has been added. 
which is Yak to Basics. This is really, really neat. I'm enjoying a lot of the rewards on here. It's all very, very nostalgic. Uh, it's really cool stuff for those, you know, who might not have that nostalgia, but for those of us who've been playing this game for, you know, 20 years, um, there's a lot of really cool nostalgic, nostalgic stuff. You can get crunchy as a pet reward, um, some classic looking tower arc mage outfits, um, a lot of other no classic looking stuff. No party hats. Um, they did actually not too long. They've done stuff with party hats. Um, they've added like emotes and stuff, but. Um, there, there's a lot of cool classic stuff they're doing with the yak to basics. So, um, keep in mind, they have kind of scaled back how long these battle passes are out for. Um, so you don't have an exuberant amount of time to get it taken care of. So make sure you're going and doing that as soon as possible. The only other thing as anyone playing or anyone listening who plays RuneScape knows is we had the huge server crash yesterday. Uh, we are full. Well, not fully recovered, mostly recovered. They did say that there may be a few accounts still affected. Some of you received uh, and I, to the best of my knowledge, Jagex has never had to do this, uh, but some people did receive rollbacks. Um and their accounts, their their progress literally got rolled back. Um, honestly, I'm sorry, that's your fault if you got rolled back. When they had the server issues, this was a huge known thing that the servers were all fucked and no one could log in. But people who were already logged in were able to stay logged in. So basically everyone who stayed logged in when that happened lost that progress that happened while they were stayed logged in. I don't know. It seems to me like common sense would dictate that like if the servers of the MMO you're playing are totally going down and you manage to not get kicked out, like they're probably going to have to do a backup rollout. And so you're probably going to lose some progress. I would have just logged out and been like, uh Oh, um, but yeah, they are fully restored. Now they have been, they've given really, no detail as to what happened. They've been very good about keeping everyone up to date on like, we're working on it. Here's an hourly update. Here's an hourly update, but they have not really mentioned what the cause was or what happened. Um, but things are mostly restored now. Um, although there are still a few issues being worked out and you can check out their discord or their Twitter. Cause they're pretty much constantly giving updates on, on what's going on with it. So that's going to do it for the news. Tell us, Doc, what have you been playing this last week? Played a lot of Guilty Gear. Um, my uh, PlayStation uh, just finished downloading uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's what I'm going to play next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. A um, a little bit of Warcraft, but I spent most of the week playing Guilty Gear. I was playing Guilty Gear before we started the podcast. Um, what about you, Sasquatch? What have you been playing? Uh, the answer to that is yes. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And we we uh, missed you last week, so you have two weeks of updates to give us. Um... See, I've gotten into Guild Wars 2 at the request of a friend. Um, I purchased it way back before the first expansion. just never played it for some reason. I think I got it for like $10. It was on sale. It was a pre-expansion sale, and I played it for like a week then, but didn't do much, and I forgot where it was, so I deleted those characters and started it fresh and new. Um, it's a nice 
interesting take on an MMO so far. Um, I'm sure plenty of people play it. It seems really popular, at least. It's yeah. one of the other big MMOs out there. I think it's it's around where ESO is behind Final Fantasy and WoW. Um, the beginning progression's weird. It's all about exploring the area map and then doing like what you would consider like filling up a daily qu- daily quest queue mm-hmm. at like WoW's endgame. You fill up a progress bar doing various tasks and areas around the entire region map. Every 10 levels, you get your My Story, which is like overall story progression, which is actually really neat. Um, all, uh, how many races are there? Five? Each race has their own main story, but when you create your character, you choose like different background things, which affect the story in little ways overall. Mm-hmm. Um, the end game apparently has a ton of stuff to do, whereas like WoW funnels you down to a few activities. You got raiding, PvP, and dungeons. Guild Wars 2 has a ton more, and I actually just unlocked my first slew of dungeons, which I'm going to be doing this weekend at some point. Um, been playing WoW again. Uh, switched back over to my Mimi Frost DK build, which they finally fixed after unintentionally <laughs> nerfing. <laughs> Fucking bastards. <laughs> My overly complex frost DK build is finally fixed. <laughs> I can I can uh, understand that aggravation because I've had really complex builds like that in Diablo 2, and I I can see where little tweaks like that would just fuck the whole thing to pieces, and then wow, I wasted this whole build. Uh, yes, uh, Guild Wars 2 seems actually rather complex. You have a p- bunch of different weapons that give you different skills. You only ever have you each weapon. Each main weapon has three skills. And if it's two handed, it has two more than your offhand has two more skills. Then you have your specialization skills, which are your last five last four main skills, which also have an alternate AOE party effect version. And then you have your ultimate skill, which really comes out to a total of 15. Five are kind of shoehorned based on your weapon. Then the other 10 are based on your class. Um, it's really neat. Every class can tank. Every class can heal, which I was just thinking that'd be a cool MMO to have. Mm. But apparently it already fucking existed. So I don't my engineer that. can shoot people with healing bullets or shoot people with hurdy bullets. Whatever. Nice. Um, I, also, I also made a magical girl, Giantress. Mm. So that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> I tried Guild Wars, but it was I mean, we're talking like circa 20 or circa 2006 so it's, it's that would be the original guild wars no it was guild um, wars 2 guild wars 2 came out in 2012 what yeah what am i thinking of maybe i was thinking of the original the one. original guild wars oh. <laughs> i well, could have it was guild wars 2 guild wars had 2 a bunch is free to level 80 uh guild wars 2 is free to level 80 the full base game all the classes minus one um and all the races Literally everything's there and free. I mean, it's interesting enough. It's more of an action MMO than a tab targeting MMO. Don't ever tab target in that game. It fucking blows. Oh my god! I just do it out of habit from every other game I play, and it's awful. Is there oh, like sorry. That's great tab targeting. Like the target it's there it's the next closest target it's in the group of enemies it ties to the correct thing Guild Wars 2 will tab to something way the fuck off screen and you're like well I guess I'm fighting these three mobs now as well 
I get off screen targets in Warcraft all the time. Maybe it's maybe LVY really fixes tab targeting. I don't know. Something has fixed. I've never had an issue with tab targeting since I've had LVY. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Okay, yeah, I was totally just thinking of Guild. That's why I saw this stuff for saying, like, man, they must have changed a lot. But yeah, I was thinking of just Guild Wars, not Guild Wars 2. Um, and then I also played a ton of out, uh, I guess, five hours. Uh, I also played quite a bit of Outriders. Um, I recommended to you that to you guys before the uh, we started recording. I still recommend it. I recommend playing the demo to everybody. Demo progress carries over. Um, it's from People Can Fly, the minds behind Bulletstorm, which everyone should go play as well because it has Stephen Bloom uh, voice acting in it with a Asian cyborg. And you get her control a giant T-Rex robot and shoot lasers and kill people for a portion of the game. It's actually a really creative first person shooter. Uh, people Can Fly, they know what they're doing with games. It's their looter shooter with magical space powers. And you can already tell they use their writing from Bulletstorm in it, their style of like, well, you're an overpowered main character. You're going to talk bullshit all the time if you want. <laughs> there, oh, I want to be there with you when you play through one specific side mission, because that was at that point I knew I was going to love the game just on the voice lines used. Mm, maybe I'll do a stream but for it. Your, uh, your, demo, your demo progress carries over the full game if you like it. But those mm. are the three things I've been playing. A lot of nice. MMOs and then Outriders, a leader shooter. Nice. I might try those Outriders tonight. I don't know. Mm. It's ready to go. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got it. I've got it uh, down. You convinced me. Also, I've already got it too. So, yeah, I, I think I might try that this weekend. Uh, well, maybe I've got a lot planned. Which, um, yeah, for what <laughs> I what I would I without yeah with what I've been playing um, quite a bit, and I've got quite a bit planned for this weekend. It's our first uh, weekend in March, and I had kind of planned this out to start a few different. Uh, streaming series i have three of them that are going to be running right now um and i've been kind of working on a lot of that i started my command and conquer series so i'm playing through uh the remake of the original command and conquer and command and conquer red alert remastered uh and that is one that i've been starting in that's not any planned streams it's just kind of in the evenings when i uh, have the free time and don't have work backed up. I'm jumping on there. Um, and then we're going to be doing legend of dragoon every Saturday evening and doc and dog. Sothoth are going to be joining me for that one. Um, and then of course I've got uh, final fantasy 14 and runescape, which are always on the ticket um, as far as what I've been playing. Um, and then I'm starting my, uh, my Starlink beta test series this weekend as well so it's divided into a 10-part series i have the starlink internet now i'm going to try and expand the testing by playing several different types of games and I'm, I'm i'm trying to play different types of games and on different platforms so some of them i'm going to be streaming on facebook some on youtube some from pc some from playstation i'm even going to do pokemon go streaming from mobile um so i'm going to try out a few different things to really kind of stress test um my Starlink beta. Um, so check, make sure you check those out and uh, make sure you check out anything else that's going on. Cause now I can finally live stream. So I think the one I'm yeah. most excited about is the, the legend of dragoon one that we're starting tomorrow though. Oh, we'll still need to set up a Jackbox night. Oh yeah. 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 One hundred like some serious fun. Even if it's just something dumb, like drawful drawful's fun. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I could just, 
stream it to Discord so you all can yeah. see the screen without a delay. We can stream the actual game, and then all you need is your phone connected to Wi-Fi. You just get a code, go to the website, put it in. You you answer stuff on your phone. You have the prompt on the main screen. You're good to go. Nice. We, um, yeah, maybe we should try to do that this weekend sometime. I don't know. I uh, I should have a pretty open weekend. We'll see how things work out. So, my weekend is booked solid. Ah, uh, gotcha. Same. All right. My well, buddy, my buddy is leaving town tomorrow for work, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna well, like Sunday. So I'm going over there to watch anime the last half of the day and get drunk and play games. So no Got to finish Ghost Stories. We started that. We still got 14 episodes. That uh, ridiculous video I sent and suggested everyone <laughs> oh, watch yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, agreed. That's the official dub. You should watch it. There's only 27. Mm-hmm. There's only 20 episodes, Thor. And it's all like that, but better. Nice. And so it's, uh, no D&D not, this uh, Sunday? Then? not PG. Sunday, I, I, I mean, I'll be here. Oh, I thought you said Sunday is when you were doing all that. No, it's tomorrow. Oh, t- okay. It's 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 it's. But it's he's got leaving it. Sunday. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Well, it looks like that's gonna do it for us tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Facebook.com/slash/DarkFeatherGaming, and of course, all of our personal YouTube and Facebook and Twitch pages, all listed in the links in the comment section and/or description below. So thanks again, everyone, and have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Yar. Yar. You have both eyes. You're a fake pirate.